Hello, this is Hardin Coleman, faculty director for the Center for Character and Social Responsibility at Boston University's Wheelock College of Education and Human Development. You're listening to the very first season of Caring, Character, and Community, the Center's podcast. In this season, we will focus on learning from leaders about how they integrate the ethic of caring, they focus on their own and others' character development, and a commitment to serving the needs of the community in order to guide and inform their leadership decisions in times of crisis. A major part of the CCSR's mission is to facilitate conversations among educators, community organizers, and engaged citizens around the challenges of creating conditions in our schools and communities that will allow all our children to flourish. This is part three of our inaugural season, which will focus on bringing you the perspective of four youth-serving community-based organizations. In today's episode, we'll have a conversation with Ayala Shakur, who is Chief Exec of, of Officer of Build. Ayala has spent most of her career at the intersection of education and equity. She's been a classroom teacher, led several youth-serving organizations, chaired the Education Committee for the Boston NAACP, and is co-chair of the Opportunity and Achievement Gaps Task Force for the Boston Public Schools. She is now CEO of Build whose vision is of a world where all students, regardless of race, socioeconomic status, or neighborhood, have the opportunity to develop the skills needed for personal and professional success in the 21st century economy, and uh, and whose mission is to use entrepreneurship to ignite the potential of youth from under-resourced communities and propel them to high school, college, and career success. Ayala, thank you for uh, spending time with us. Hi, Harden. Thank you so much for having me. Great. So I want to start with uh, uh, learning a little bit about more about what, what BUILD does, what you think its core issues are, and what it's trying to accomplish. Well, well, BUILD was actually founded back in 1999, so we're over 20 years old. We started in the Bay Area in East Palo Alto, and we really actually started out as a dropout prevention program teaching entrepreneurship to young people in East Palo Alto as a way to get them excited about learning and plug back in to their academics and ultimately put on a path to college and career success. And so BUILD has always been at the intersection of entrepreneurship, college access, and career readiness. And we always say we're helping young people become the CEO of their own lives. So we go into high schools, uh, typically high schools that may be the lower performing schools in a district, and we actually take over an entire class. So BUILD is an elective offered during the school day, taught by a teacher from that school. And students are becoming the CEO of a company that they're creating and really bringing ideas to life and then learning all sorts of wonderful skills along the way. So, you know, tell me, why is that important? I mean, why does this approach when, you know, uh, so much focus on academic competence and and, uh, math skills and language skills uh, become so central to the world? Why do you think this type of uh, work with, with youth is important? Well, as you said, you know, with the title of your of your show here, the, the importance of character is really, really central to how young people develop uh, into future leaders of tomorrow. And so we know that, you know, as a former dropout prevention program, 
that 90% of the young people who drop out of school say they leave because they're bored and they don't see any connection between what they're learning in school and what what's happening to them in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so we have to bring more real world learning, more hands-on project-based learning and activities to young people to really bring the learning to life and to help them to connect those dots in very meaningful ways. And so through entrepreneurship, you're not just learning how to start a business, although that definitely is a portion of what we do and build, right? So students are starting real businesses with real money, they get the key, but they're also learning how to be adaptive and nimble, how to think critically and to problem solve. They're learning how to pivot and how to learn from failure. So that idea of growth mindset that we know is so important in education. They're also gaining a sense of confidence, um, really understanding who they are as leaders, seeing themselves in the driver's seat as they're building their own business. So we're building that sense of ownership and agency. These are all transferable skills. And so once a young person is confident, believes in themselves, has mentors that believe in them as well, once that light bulb goes on, that's when they're able to really connect with those academic skills we know are also equally important to their growth and development. Can you give an example? I'm, I'm sure you have lots of them, but can you give an example what your oh, one or two examples of where you've seen this really work very, very well and where you've seen this transform either a child or even a whole community's world and also an example of when it hasn't worked so well? Mm, yeah, great question. Uh, there's so many wonderful stories of the students and build. I'll, I'll just um, focus on one young man who's sort of top of mind for me. His name is Julian, and he came to build over eight years ago uh, for our inaugural class that started and build Boston. And uh, that was when we launched actually back in 2010, so even more than eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But he started out as a freshman, as all of our students do, 14 years old uh, in the ninth grade, really, you know, not terribly confident, um, certainly still trying to find himself, trying to find, you know, his sense of purpose and, and to try to develop the confidence skills that he needed. Um, he ended up joining a team that uh, developed a cell phone cases. They they developed uh, cell phone cases with inspirational slogans on the back, and they were called the Dream Team. And that young man formed a really close relationship with his other teammates. They were one of the most successful teams in Build that year. In fact, they went all the way on to win the business plan competition that year that we do at the end of the year. And he was like the VP of marketing. So really using his creative skills with the marketing and and the packaging and and some of the other promotional materials for that company. Uh, But really through the build experience, he developed his voice, right? That sense of ownership, uh, that sense of direction. He learned how to do public speaking, how to think about customer service. He learned all of the financial skills that go into running a business. But also importantly, just as importantly, he formed really strong bonds with his mentors in Build. And as we think about the social and emotional learning of our young people, that mentoring component is really part of the secret sauce in our program. And so he had two wonderful mentors, Shana uh, Slava and Shonak, uh, Shonak Patel and Slava Men. And what was really exciting Julian's story is that he actually just graduated from Pine Manor College with his bachelor's degree in business. And it was Slava and Shonak who helped him make it through because in these last two years dealing with COVID, 
he had so many bumps in the road. He was on his senior year, about to go into senior year in college and about to give up. And his mentor said, uh-uh, we don't give up. We're the dream team. Let's keep going. You can do it. You're so close to the finish line. Um, and he actually was able to graduate uh, this past spring. So now uh, uh, Julian's actually heading into a career in real estate. Um, again, continuing to just credit Build for giving him the confidence and those skills of adaptability and grit and perseverance that he needed to push all the way through. And of course, he credits his mentors for having his back and, and never giving up on him along the way. You know, it, it, there's so much in there and I, that, that, that I want to follow up on. The first is, it sounds like one of the things that Bill does when it's working well is not just the skill development, it's also getting a sense of community, that you're known by other people in a world and that they are there for you, particularly for kids in under-resourced areas where the, many of the adults in the world may not have the capacity, not, not, not they don't want to, but they just don't have the time, the resources to make space for the individual to grow. Is that part of what Bill does? Yes, and that piece is so, so important. You know, it's really about connections. It's about social capital. It's about relationship building. Mm -hmm. And so our young people in Build, they all have mentors as they go through the program. We also have a constellation of other volunteers, business coaches, judges at the competitions, lots of adults that come into their lives. But it's so important, and the research bears this out as well, it's so important for every young person to have a caring adult role model in their life to really help them navigate, um, you know, really all of the complexities yeah. of life that come our way. And, you know, Julian comes from a great family. You know, his parents are very invested mm -hmm. and involved in his life, but he's a first generation college student. Yeah. And so how do you navigate, you know, being a first generation college student when your parents mm -hmm. had not had that same experience? And so in this instance, his mentors were able to really um, fill that gap um, and really stand in, in the gap there for him mm -hmm. and help to push him through. Yeah. I think, you know, we can't underestimate the importance of adult role models in the lives of our young people as they're building uh, their own sense of identity and purpose. And really, you know, along that whole youth development journey, yeah. it's the adults that are pouring into them, um, even beyond their own household, yeah. that can make all the difference in a young person's life. You said something just then that I struggle with in the conversations around uh, helping our children acquire access to opportunity. And you talked about these mentors as being supporting of what the family's already done, building on existing strengths and assets rather than what one could call more of a missionary model which is I'm going to save these kids from their tough situations and I'm going to bring them into my world and move them forward into opportunity. Is that part of Build's ethic that you need to think about uh, the care of the community from which children are members of and how to facilitate that? Am I making that up? Or is no, that no, I think that's exactly part of our ethos. And, you know, our students are already brilliant. So Bill is not creating uh, brilliance. Yeah, yeah. We're just helping students tap into the brilliance that's already there. And they come from vibrant communities. I live in the community, right? And so our communities... Yep are vibrant and have so many assets and so many wonderful mm -hmm. community members who are here. It takes a village yeah. to raise a child. Um, and so what Bill does is really just helps to um, activate 
some of that brilliance and some of that connection that's already there uh, in the community and in our young people's households and really to be there as a partner with our young people uh, just to help them on that journey. Uh, but every parent that we've encountered wants the best for their young people. They're definitely pouring into their young people in the same way that we're kind of pulling up as a partner in that, in that journey and along that experience uh, as well. But we definitely value um, and come at this work from an asset lens, yep. knowing that again, our young people bring the brilliance with them every day. We're just helping them to really unlock that. Uh, we also see our mentoring program as a two way street. And so it's not just about mentors coming out of the business community to work with young people, uh, but it's also them coming into the community, into our schools, and realizing all of the assets um, and talents and beauty that is already there. Mm -hmm. So it becomes an incredible learning and transformational experience for our mentors as well. And so many of our mentors have said, I got so much more out of this experience than what I was even able to bring myself. And so they, they leave transformed. Um, and just much more activated to really fight for racial equity and social justice, just knowing how many communities have been overlooked and underestimated for, for far too long. Mm -hmm. So you said earlier, you talked about the importance of build in facilitating the growth of a child's character, participant's character. And then you also use the social emotional learning language mm -hmm. as well, growth mindset, um, a theory of uh, initiative, sense of agency, you know, th those things that we associate. How do you think about those as, are those for you as character and being socially competent um, the same or are there differences in your mind? I think they're different, um, but I think they are very much connected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in BUILD, we're teaching six SPARK skills. Uh, these are 21st century skills and also uh, social emotional learning skills. Mm -hmm. And so that's communication, collaboration, problem solving, innovation, grit, and self-management. Mm -hmm. We're teaching very explicitly towards those six SPARK skills. We actually do a diagnostic test at the beginning of the year when they start out with us as freshmen. And then every year thereafter, we'll continue to do a, a post end of year assessment so that we can track the students' growth in those six park skills. Those park skills are really important. Like they are the skills that uh, set students up for success in not just in high school, but in college and in their careers as well as in their lives. But those six skills are not all that young people need, right? So they, they also need a sense of empathy. And that's something that we've been really focusing on quite a bit in builds, especially over this last year and a half when our nation's going through this racial reckoning. Yep. Uh, you know, the pandemic has really widened everyone's eyes to all of the mm. systemic inequities. Um, and really, you know, we wanted to go much deeper with young people, not just focusing on entrepreneurship, but social entrepreneurship and civic engagement. So as part of that character development, helping students understand how do you use your entrepreneurial mindset and skills, not just to make a profit, but to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And how do you think about really empathy as one of the design uh, thinking principles, mm -hmm. right? We need to be able to empathize before we can actually design and create products and services. But that empathy experience actually opens them up to uh, deeper conversations about how they interact with each other um, as humans. And so, you know, really looking at uh, empathy, uh, skills around resilience, 
uh, the ability to adapt, to learn from your failures, to show up in the world um, as a servant leader. Those are all character development traits that are really important that we're um, increasingly trying to foster. You know, what's really what, what I find very exciting about what, part of your definition there is that too often when we when people talk about character, everyone assumes you're talking about this individual's virtue and this individual, mm. what they have and who they are, which you're saying is important. But you're also identifying that, that part of character is how you use it in the world mm-hmm. and how you use it to move other yourself and others forward. And that, in your understanding of character, those two things work together. Independently, they may not be as uh, sustainable or important in my, does that make sense to you? It absolutely makes sense. And, you know, for us, we're really thinking about economic empowerment and building thriving communities. In fact, we have a new thriving communities cha- uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, it's the design challenge that we've released this year. Um, again, focused on social entrepreneurship and civic engagement and really helping young people see themselves as part of a community. Mm-hmm. And so your leadership and your growth as an individual is so that you can give back, so that you can actually help to move your community forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just enough for, you know, we're not trying to to, to build capitalists through entrepreneurship, yeah. right, where you're just sort of going for yourself. It's all about profit. And, you know, you're not looking out for your brothers and sisters, but really to do, um, to look at growth as a community. Mm -hmm. And for each of our young people in build, we call builders, right? You're not only building yourself, you're building for your family, you're building for your community, and ultimately for society at large. And, you know, the the, the part of the work of the center is kind of, how do we have conversations about that and? It's so easy to do the one or the other, and to tell funders, well, we're, we're here, we're focused, we know what we're doing, and we're, we're, we're driving here, and here are our outcomes. As soon as you get into the and piece, you, you know, it may look like you're losing focus, but as I, I'm hearing from you, that character and social responsibility, they do go hand in hand, and that's what moves us all forward. So in creating opportunity for one child, you also want them to be not pulling up the ladder behind them with historical right, problems. Exactly. It's like, how do I, how do I climb that ladder and make it stronger and bigger and put down four more for others to follow me? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We've even gotten more intentional in thinking about our alumni program. And one of our stated goals is around builders giving back. So you know, we have students all the time organically coming back, helping out in classrooms and so forth. Uh, with the younger, you know, the 14-year-olds that are now just coming through the program. But we want to make that an even more intentional feedback loop Mm -hmm. where the, you know, the alumni, you know, yep, we want you to come back. We expect you to come back uh, because, you know, we want to always be pouring in to that next generation. And there's also just so much value in these Mm -hmm. near-peer relationships Mm -hmm. um, as we think about personal development and character development. Um, So much, you know, so often it's about adults trying to, help young people build these skills, but the near peer piece is also really important so that younger students are hearing from older students who are further along on their life journey, who can really reflect back on why those character traits and character development is so important. So tell me a little bit, what draws you to this work? What what got you, you know, you know, you, you, you have a, you know, a wonderful, academic career, you were in a position where you could have been drawn into lots of other parts of 
the American workplace, everywhere from you know inside education uh, management. What drew you to the, What drew you uh, to this work? Well, you know, at first, what drew me into education, I was actually um, in Hollywood, California, trying to be a screenwriter um, and actually fell into teaching as a way just to kind of pay the bills. I thought, oh, I'll be a teacher for a year or so. And, uh, you know, there was a teacher shortage at the time. So they had ads on on TV at night. Oh, if you've got a degree, come come and teach. And so I actually ended up as a teacher in Compton, California, right at the height of uh, really the gang violence and Gangster rap was bursting on the scene. And I was teaching first and second graders. Yeah. Um, and they were just full of joy and energy and creativity and curiosity. Yeah. Um, and just really saw the beauty of our young people as learners juxtaposed against this environment around them in the community that at the time was squirrel us really swirling in a in a sense of chaos um, at that time. And yet even then there was beauty in the community, community residents coming together to really think about how do we preserve the strong fabric of our community and really start to, um, you know, to really minimize and 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 uh, eliminate some of the gang violence that was happening mm-hmm. at the time. But it was that notion of being able to teach a young person to read um, at six and seven years old, to be able to tap into that curiosity. Uh, despite all that was swirling around them and get them to a place of progress and growth yep. and to see that spark of inspiration come uh, come on for our young people. I think it's that light for our young people when they feel like they can't and then they learn that they can yep. uh, and they discover the power that's in themselves, uh, again, tapping into their own inner greatness. And so after that experience, uh, two years in Compton, came back to Boston. That's where I, I got my master's at Harvard. Um, and then just started teaching in the Boston public schools and eventually thought I could have a deeper impact in the after school arena. Yep. But I think for my entire career now, 30 years of working in education, it's always been about that light. How do you get that spark of inspiration to come on when that young person truly believes in themselves and truly understands just how great and just how brilliant they are? Uh, because after that light bulb comes on, they're unstoppable, right? They, yep. You, yep. you just can't stop they're, them. They're motivated. They know. they know that everything is possible. And they've made the connections along the way to the adults who are going to really help uh, to you know, make those yeah. goals come. So th- th- that's a great way to th- think about a little bit of what we're trying to do in this podcast series, which is lift up people like yourself who are, un- who are thinking through how do we, in this very polarized world, create experiences for children where they feel cared for, children and adults. I don't want, I, I think what we hear Children and adults, exactly. Mm-hmm. That this is not what I'm doing for kids. It's what we as an adult community, as we bring caring and how I support the, this ethic of caring that this is for you. I, it's not that I'm, I'm sympathetic or I'm not that I'm doing it for you out of a missionary zeal. It's like, I care for you. you know, I want you to feel that so that, you know, that, and give them that safety uh, so they can have a sense of joy, a focus on developing their personal skill set and not just uh, their own social competence, but also their sense of, the, of their responsibility in the world, and then feeding them into a community experience that uh, uh, gives them opportunity to practice, fail a little bit sometimes. Failure is important. <laughs> we learn a lot. And be yeah. in a community of care 
that they, they can grow, build, and, and, and that strengthens. We all grew up with the theory that failure is one of the things that strengthens the character. I think of my failures, and I'm, I wouldn't be, uh, some of the things I do well, I wouldn't have done if I hadn't failed earlier. Yes. So in That's that, cool. how do you um, think about your um, role in bringing constituents outside of the, the, the uh, young adults who are joining BUILD, how do you think about your role in the broader community? Who are your constituents in the broader community that you, you feel responsible for bringing along to see the way these lights turn on in a way to create more access to opportunity? Mm, that's a good question. Wow. Um, you know, I think that uh, I would actually start with the educators themselves. Um, you know, I think that there are so many wonderful, talented teachers um, in every city where I've worked. And Build is in Boston, New York, DC, and the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area. We're in Oakland, East Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. uh, we now have a presence in Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Memphis. We're starting to really spread out across the country. Um, and in every city that I've been in, there have been these amazing teachers who really understand this, um, you know, how to connect with young people, not in this, you know, again, like I'm here as the hero that's coming in, but really to create deep relationships and connections with young people that are nurturing and affirming. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are also educators who don't, who are not as skillful yeah. at that. And I think if we're really going to help young people to thrive and to develop the academic skills that we need them to have, as they're in school, we have to learn how to create those real authentic connections. Um, students are really good at sniffing out adults who are not really genuine um, in their interactions with them. And so, you know, I think that um, more adults need to focus on, and again, uh, focusing on our educators, focus on the relationships first mm -hmm. before we start uh, trying to pour in the academics because the relationships are what opens the doorway for students to receive the information. Mm -hmm. And I think I talked a little bit about, you know, just the focus about that light bulb coming on. For me, it's that idea of engagement and inspiration for our young people. And I always tell other educators, you cannot teach over disengagement, yeah. right? If a student is not plugged in, they're not connecting with you, it doesn't matter what you're trying to pour into them, you're not gonna be able to, to, to get that learning to stick until the, that engagement has, has uh, been fostered first. And that engagement usually comes through that sense of connection yeah. um, and sense of relationship building. I think also then beyond our educators, our school districts are starting to say more about, you know, they're understanding the importance of social and emotional learning and character development. Yeah. Yep. But yep. I think we have to understand better ways of fostering that, particularly for our older students. Mm -hmm. uh, typically districts are really good at figuring that out and what that looks like for our elementary school students and the kindergartners and yep, there's yep, all these yep. wonderful They're character cool. lessons. Yeah. yeah, there's wonderful character lessons there, but we have to figure out how we're pouring that in for our middle schoolers and high schoolers who are at these mm. critical points in their own youth development. Um, and I think that's one of the things that the programs like Build do really well is yeah. we, we're bringing that thread into the work where students mm -hmm. are learning by doing, yeah. um, and again, that idea of failure, you fail multiple times in entrepreneurship, uh, but you, you're just constantly learning and growing yeah. from that failure with lots of adults around you to help you process, mm -hmm. what did you learn? How do you keep moving forward? 
and, and I think lastly, in terms of the external community, we've got to get to the policymakers. Uh, you know, the folks who are making decisions about, you know, what are the standards? What's most important in our classrooms? What, you know, how are we assessing and evaluating our young people? There are so many policies right now, um, particularly some of the high stakes testing and sort of this high focus on high stakes uh, that doesn't allow the space for teachers to make those connections and to really be going deeper in the character mm -hmm. development. So again, we're sort of so focused on the skill and drill that yeah. we're missing those moments uh, to create the opportunities and, and create that fertile ground yeah. for the learning to actually take place. So I think there has to be a shift at the policy level as well. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it for you, it sounds to me like you're saying, how do we create a community of learners where, where, where caring for the person is central in which they feel engaged, and that's going to open them up to the learning. And that just learning, just just academic proficiency and a focus on that alone is not sufficient. It's not going to get us there. It's not sufficient. And there's so many wonderful community partners, too. Again, thinking about community, it's very often in those community centers, the community-based organizations, that so yep. much of that Yep. Uh, the, the character development and the social emotional learning is taking place. So I think we have to also find ways to bring those community partners into the classrooms yep. so that some of that learning is happening also during the school day and not just relegated to, oh, that's in the after school yep. arena or what happens on the weekend. Like, how do we bring community into the classroom as much, well? Much deeper collaboration among the adults in the, in the child yes. world is, is, is fundamental. Let, Less polarization, less argumentation among us. Less siloing, right? Less siloing. Right yep. now, there's a lot Very of siloing good. in our education system. And I think as we start to take those walls down and, and create more connections across the ecosystem of where young people are learning. They're learning at home, they're learning in community, yep. and they're learning in the classroom, in their schools. And we need to see that it's in all of those places. They're learning now with their, you know, on the jobs, right? Wherever they're doing their after-school jobs, they're learning now maybe um, out of college campus doing early college classes. And so as we start to blur, intentionally blur the lines yeah. um, that are siloing the, the various contexts where students learn, we can create a much richer and deeper experience for all of our young people. So one of the, one of the, one of the next last questions I had for you, and I think, you, I think I heard the answer, so I'm gonna share what I think I heard so you can correct me. And that is, you know, if you had to pick a lever Pick a lever in this in, in this system change work you're doing. So your your basic work is working with kids and in, 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 in a set of kids in a variety of programs and school based uh, activity. So then, which is leads you in many different directions, bringing building community. But it sounded to me that the lever, if you were going to uh, focus on a lever of change that would make your work easier, and maybe um, would be really looking at the social emotional development of the adults. Mm. work with children that if we really took the time at professional development or teacher training or wherever or pre preparation of uh, community um, organizers if we mm. made sure as we want to do with children that they have a certain set of social emotional skills that they have a certain um, sense of commitment to others that they're they're willing to do the hard work to follow through on the character piece that mm. if we could do more of that we could silo less, work together, be more collaborative, have a stronger community. Am I making, am I, did I hear that? Or am I just- Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting way to look at, uh, look at the work, uh, Harden. And I, you know, and I think if we could go even more granular and say like, what, what is that skill set or what is that trait 
we need to foster more of, um, I would call it as empathy. Right? Mm -hmm. I think we need not sympathy, right? We're not going to sympathize for other yep. people, but yep. empathy where you're really understanding um, those assets and talents and, and what are they contributing and how do you connect with that in a meaningful way? Mm -hmm. um, and I think our adults could really learn a lot from, you know, if there was more empathy for the families that they're engaging with, this yep. understanding the students' context, understanding uh, the other learning environments where mm -hmm. that young person is um, having these other learning experiences. And I think, again, too often, there's such a siloed um, effect on how the adult in our students' lives um, are even doing their work, so they're not really connected. I, I heard one one of my colleagues said we need to get more teachers to come out to Sunday church uh, because they would learn so much on a Sunday yep. service, just yeah. sitting in the community. Yep. Uh, you know, at some of our churches, about you know the context uh, in which our young people are living and thriving, um, along with their families, and you know, so I think trying to create more of that sense of of empathy, understanding, and connection. Would, would go a long way towards building those authentic relations. Don't get me going on community schools because you know nah, we're, 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 uh, that'd be a different <laughs> argument. So we, we don't want to we, we don't want to go neighborhood schools. I, I hear you. I hear you. I wish you go to me, but but we won't go there. So before Indeed. I let you go, thank you so much for your time here. You know what advice would you give your younger self, looking back mm -hmm. and thinking about uh, what would you say to yourself that yeah, do more of that. Good on you. Stay there. This is really work. Or, you know, what else would you recommend? It's particularly since what we hope the people who listen to this are emerging leaders, young leaders, people exploring what they may want to do in the world. What advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. You know, I would say um, stay connected. Mm -hmm. uh, stay connected to the young people. I, you know, and I, and I try to do that. I mean, as, as I've gotten further along in my career, the, the, the downside of being a CEO of a national organization is you have fewer direct touch points yeah. with the yeah. young people themselves. But we learn so much from those interactions with the young people. So I would say no matter what stage you are in your career, um, it's, it's those strong, authentic relationships. And it doesn't have to be you've gotten to know all every single student. Yeah. You know, if you're a teacher in a classroom, you definitely need to. But yeah. if you're more of an administrator, I always tell the new people coming to build, you know, pick one class and pick one small team of students. Pick like three to five students and you're going to get to know them or even just pick one and just really get to know that young person, because you'll see so much through their eyes, you'll understand so much differently mm -hmm. about their experience. What are the things that are meaningful to them? What are the ways we can improve our programming? Yeah. Um, you know, what are they? What are they finding valuable? What are they not finding valuable? And we always take so much away that we learn ourselves as adults yep. from those interactions with our young people. So, you know, just realize they have so much to teach us and to stay open to the learning because you will learn so much just as you interact. Yeah. So remember yeah. that as a leader, being, yes. being intimately in touch with the people you're most concerned with serving. You gotta keep our feet on the ground. It doesn't matter what your, what your role is. If yeah. you're in this field of education and youth development, you've gotta be where the young people are yeah. uh, to really be able to make decisions that matter um, from the top. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate that. And if you think of anything else you'd want to share, please let us know. And, and we hope you have a great day and, 
And uh, I guess now that the pandemic is over, you'll be traveling more. So <laughs> well, <laughs> back, back yeah. on the road. Indeed, so, indeed. Thanks so much for having me on, Hart. This is a great sure. conversation. You take care. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Caring, Character, and Community, the podcast of the Center for Character and Social Responsibility at Boston University's Wheelock College of Education and Human Development. The development of this podcast is made possible with the generous support from the BU's Wheelock College of Education and Human Development and a grant from the Kern Family Foundation. Thanks also to Lizzie Barquet for her editorial and production work on this podcast. The music you're hearing is Bluesy Vise by Doug Maxwell, produced by Media Right Productions. I'm Hardin Coleman, and thank you so much for listening.